To make a donation, visit biblicallycorrectpodcast.org slash donate. And if you enjoyed this episode, please like, share, and subscribe. Thank you for your support. Are you bearing the standard of Scripture? Welcome to the Biblically Correct Podcast. Shalom, y'all. This is the Biblically Correct Podcast, teaching biblical correctness in a biblically incorrect world. My name is Kevin Jeffrey. I'm a Jewish follower of the Messiah Yeshua, Jesus, and I love teaching the scriptures. I'm so grateful that we're celebrating Perfect Word's 20th anniversary this year, especially since it's also the 10-year anniversary since we published what I consider to be my life message, bearing the standard, a rallying cry to uphold the scriptures. This might be the single most important book I'll ever write because of the powerful way it calls on all believers in Yeshua to pick a side and to stand up for the truth and total authority of God's word in our lives. So since it's been a full decade and the state of both the world and the body of Messiah has only further deteriorated, I felt it would be a good time to revisit this foundational message and to exhort and inspire you to bear the standard of Scripture. In today's episode, I want to just establish the basic premise of what bearing the standard means, and then in the following two episodes, we'll look at the hostile influences that divert you from effectively doing that, followed by a challenge to align your daily life with the Bible and to be a true standard bearer for the Word of God. Now, the reason I wrote this book was because it had long been apparent to me that for too many of us in the body of Messiah— The Word of God is considered only a consultant without any authority. Far too many believers today confess the teachings and principles of the Bible with their mouths, but then deny the Bible its authority through their attitudes and actions. It literally pains me how many believers are both outwardly and inwardly indistinguishable from the world. According to the statistics, we have similar divorce rates as non-believers, similar abortion rates, similar rates of having sex outside of marriage, and consuming pornography, and the list goes on. My burden for writing this book, then, was to make the skirting of Scripture's teachings and authority an unavoidable issue for every person who calls on the name of Yeshua, or Jesus. That was my reason for writing the book. My inspiration for it came when I happened upon a reproduction of a pamphlet called The Bible, Its Sufficiency and Supremacy, written by an obscure 19th century Irish preacher named C.H. McIntosh. What blew me away when I read it was that he saw more than 150 years ago how sickly and ineffective the body of Messiah would be today. He saw how we would be infected by and then succumb to the philosophies and compromises of man. He saw how we would give lip service to the Bible and then turn away from the scriptures in our hearts, minds, hands, and feet, believing that, quote, we need other guidance than that which the Bible's precious pages supply. So when I read this amazing work, I knew I wanted to republish it because it was so obvious to me that it was a profound, timeless message that today's body of Messiah desperately needed to hear. But almost immediately into the project, I realized that God was moving me to expand upon what Macintosh wrote into a full-blown book that would make an even more thorough and persuasive case for the cause of Scripture. 
So the point of Macintosh's essay, and therefore the purpose of my expanded book, was to assert and champion the single fundamental belief that men must either deny that the Bible is the word of God or admit its efficiency and supremacy. There is no middle ground. The scriptures must be either complete and outright foolishness or the unrivaled pronouncement of God's revealed wisdom and truth. We have no choice but to completely abandon our half-hearted, compartmentalized faith and confess that God alone has full and utter authority. Our only valid response to the sufficiency and supremacy of Scripture is absolute submission and immediate obedience. This is what it means to bear the standard of Scripture, to boldly champion with both our words and our actions that there's no other standard for following Yeshua, no other teacher, book, philosophy, or religion that can authoritatively guide us in our walk, but only the Word of God. But why should we pledge such allegiance to the Bible? What makes the Bible such a supreme and perfect standard? Well, let's talk about that, because it's actually Yeshua himself who makes the connection for us, and shows us how we should perceive and follow any standard that's been established by God. The explanation of this starts way back with Israel wandering in the desert. And after nearly 40 years, they were still grumbling and complaining to God. And with only six months left to go, they spoke against God and Moses, saying, Why have you brought us up out of Egypt to die in a wilderness? Numbers 21.5 So after 40 long years, God was still invisible and unreal to Israel. They just couldn't see how he was saving and providing for them every step of the way. So to that lack of faith and ungrateful accusation, God answered back with his harsh and condemning response in verse 6. And Adonai sent among the people the burning venomous serpents, and they bit the people, and many people of Israel died. So this plague of venomous snakes, of course, got the people's attention, and as usual, the children of Israel instantly regretted the severe discipline they had brought upon themselves. But God already had a plan to remind them of his very real salvation. Israel would receive deliverance in life once again, because the invisible God gave them something to see. Continuing in verse 8 and 9, And Adonai said to Moses, Make for you a burning serpent of brass, and set it on a standard, on a rod or a pole. And it will be, everyone who is bitten and has seen it, he has lived. And Moses made a serpent of brass and set it on the standard, and it was, if the serpent bit any man, and he looked expectingly to the serpent of brass, he has lived. Now, obviously, God could have simply made the snakes go away, or he could have just kept the people alive without requiring any type of action on their part. But that wouldn't have taught them anything or accomplished God's ultimate goal. Instead, Adonai kept those people from dying first when they looked up toward the standard and the brass serpent, but also when they looked there with expectation. By lifting up a standard, setting something up high above, so that all the people could see it, even from far away, Moses provided a tangible rallying point, a perceptible place of focus 
to draw the people's attention and hearts toward the source of their deliverance. The upholding of God's standard made God himself visible and real to the people. And as they looked expectingly toward that upraised standard, they experienced the restoration and revival of their lives. So because our minds so quickly forget God, or we choose to ignore him, and our trust in him so easily fades, God establishes his standard for us. He lifts something up high above for us to see so that he might increase our faith and we might believe. And this is why Yeshua taught us in John three fourteen through 16, that just as Moses lifted up the serpent in the desert, so it is necessary for the son of man to be lifted up so that everyone who is believing in him may have life, age, enduring. For God so loved the world that the Son, the one and only, he gave. So Yeshua here, by comparing himself to the standard of the brass serpent raised up by Moses, is explaining how he also brings healing and life to all those who look to him. The Master Yeshua, by his life and ultimate sacrifice, being crucified and hung on the execution stake, has been lifted up for us to reconcile all people to God, to focus us on his power and love, and to draw our attention and hearts to the only source of all true redemption and deliverance. In Yeshua, God truly gave the world something awesome, amazing, and astounding to see. And yet, the Messiah's dwelling among men would be brief. The time of Emmanuel, God with us, would barely last a moment. And then, as Yeshua said in John 14, 19, the world will see me no more. After his resurrection, Yeshua ascended to heaven and he will not return until the end. How then can the world profess the one they haven't known? How now can he become real to us who've never seen him? Because the Master Yeshua has also lifted up a standard. He also set something up high above for all to see. Something that focuses us and teaches us and draws us to him. As Yeshua said to his disciples in Luke chapter 24, verses 44 and 45, It is necessary for all the things that are written about me in the scriptures to be fulfilled. Then he opened up their understanding to understand the scriptures. As we look expectingly toward the upraised standard of Messiah, we too experience the restoration and revival of our lives. And by the spirit of truth, we can know and see the reality of Yeshua by looking faithfully to the standard of scripture. This is how it's been since the beginning of time. The eternal word of God has been continually speaking to all creation. Then in Yeshua, the word became flesh to demonstrate and proclaim to us the reality of God. And finally, in the scriptures, the encoded archive of that very same word, God continues to speak to us of his reality and truth so that we in turn can demonstrate and proclaim his salvation to the world. The Master Yeshua upheld scripture as a standard, not simply because it speaks of him, but because scripture itself is his very word. When we read and believe that the scriptures are true, the reality of both God and his son are within reach. 
But belief alone isn't enough. We need to not forget the lesson of Israel's obstructed eyes. Every day they walked with God, were led by him, and experienced his presence and provision. And yet, in so many ways, they remained blind to his deliverance. And this is exactly how it is with so many believers in Yeshua today. We walk with God, or so we say. We're led by him each day, or so we believe. And we experience his presence and provision. And still, Yeshua, God's most potent and present reality, remains unreal and invisible in our normal everyday lives, in our lives outside the worship services or prayer group or Bible study. God came to us in the flesh, yet we act as if he's intangible. His salvation is clearly evident, yet we behave as if he's imperceptible. As Isaiah says, we hear but don't understand, we see but do not know. Why? Because we fail to fix our eyes on the standard of God's word, and through that discernible witness, believe that he is real. It's because of this very breakdown in our absolute reliance upon God's word, in our refusal to accept that scripture is our highest authority and no additional guidance is needed from the minds of men. It's this breakdown that causes Macintosh to urgently implore us to fully commit ourselves to bearing the standard of scripture. He says, God has written a book for man's guidance, and we argue that that book must be amply sufficient for man, no matter when, where, or how we find him. We owe it to that blessed volume of inspiration from which we have drunk the streams of life and peace to bear our feeble testimony to the divinity of its every page, to give expression to our profound reverence for its authority and our conviction of its divine sufficiency for every need. We press upon our readers earnestly to set a higher value than ever upon the Holy Scriptures and to warn them in most urgent terms against every influence which might tend to shake their confidence in those heavenly oracles. There is a spirit abroad and there are principles at work which make it imperative upon us to keep close to Scripture, to treasure it in our hearts, and to submit to its holy authority. Bearing the standard of Scripture is something that every single believer in Yeshua needs to tenaciously grab hold of and never let go. It's something we each need to actively practice in our daily lives, especially as everything around us is constantly screaming for our attention. This is where bearing the standard of Scripture begins, by fixing our eyes, hearts, and minds on God's Word as the only acceptable standard for establishing our values, determining our beliefs, and dictating the boundaries of our behavior. There is no other standard. There's so much more to cover with this topic, but I'm going to have to stop here for today. But before I close now with one final word of encouragement, we'll be looking next time at the hostile influences that you might be allowing to keep you from bearing the standard of Scripture, so you don't want to miss that. And I also just want to mention that you can pick up a copy of Bearing the Standard at order.bearingthestandard.org. That's order.bearingthestandard.org. When it comes to following Yeshua and living like we're following him, the Bible is the one true guiding standard that God has given us 
to look to. This is the absolute truth to which we as Messiah followers must dedicate our lives. The truth that we've been selected by God and placed upon the earth to proclaim. Even though every force and influence of the world is bent on dissuading us from this truth, we must commit ourselves to look expectingly toward the uniquely sufficient and supreme standard of Scripture. For the fulfillment of our destiny as disciples of Messiah, this is the banner we must raise. This is the standard we've been called to bear, so that we may lift up and proclaim the reality of Yeshua, so that all who may see him will live. Thanks for joining me for this episode of the Biblically Correct Podcast. If you like this episode and want to see us make more, then we need your help. Visit our website at biblicallycorrectpodcast.org to support the work of Perfect Word Ministries and MJMI with your much-needed donations. And of course, don't forget to like, share, comment, subscribe, and ring the bell to receive notifications whenever a new episode is posted. If you have any questions about this teaching, or if there are any other topics you'd like to see me cover, leave me a comment, or shoot me an email at kevin at perfectword.org. That's kevin at perfectword.org. Until next time, remember that every scripture is God-breathed and profitable for teaching, for refuting, for setting a right, and for instruction that is in righteousness, so that the man of God may be fully equipped, having been completed for every good act. Shalom.